Welcome to The Spill Podcast. We know you're obsessed with creating your own success in your own way, and you know you've got more. More to earn, more to experience, more to create, and more to give. And you're right. You just need to know some of the pieces and the moves to make. The conversations are real, honest, funny, and hopefully valuable. Away from the filters, the reels, and having to have the perfect script. We believe in opening the door for the next woman, helping guide you with conversations and exceptional guest speakers, spilling truths, tools, and guidance to help you expand your own expression of success. And knowing that when you do, that's when the good stuff the world needs more of happens. Laughs and explicit language are almost always guaranteed. Let's spill. Welcome. Welcome to another episode, everyone. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. I am here. I'm sitting across from Jana, who is in Singapore. And I can tell you, Jana, I had the best ramen I've ever had in Singapore. The food there is amazing. So we may get into a little bit of that, but welcome. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And I'm excited to uh, pick your brain. Absolutely pick your brain because ladies, to give you a bit of background, so Jana is a licensed personal wealth manager uh, based in Singapore and also a member of the prestigious Million Dollar Round Table, which represents the top 10% in the Premier Association of financial professionals globally. So I feel like there's, I've got to pick your brain a lot because that is huge. And I want to find out more about what this round table is as well. So um, to give you a bit of background, Jana is uh, really your mission is to empower young professionals to build solid financial plans and teach them how to manage their finances in a really thoughtful way, which I love. And I know that you said that mission has really led you to launch your own podcast, which is called In Pursuit. So go check that out, ladies, uh, because that's where Jana really promotes financial literacy through sharing her own personal journey and conversations with people who are on that same pursuit of financial independence and self-development. And I know everyone listening in that is some of your top priorities. So make sure you go jump over there and um, and really take some gems from her podcast. Uh, Jana originally hails from the Philippines, but you have been living in Singapore for the last eight years. And I know you consider yourself a constant student of life and a firm believer that the best investment you can make is always in yourself. And away from work, this is the bit that got me. Right. So I know away from work, the things that you love doing are traveling. I'm like, yep, big tick, working out, big tick. But here's the kicker eating truffle fries and gelato. But I'm more about the truffle fries. Jana, we may be twins in another life. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the best combination. I don't know about you, but I like truffle fries and ice cream or gelato. As in together, <laughs> like you eat. You uh, I it's the other people find it weird that I dip my fries in my gelato or ice cream. Some people yeah. I love it, but <laughs> no, I'd say everyone finds that weird. <laughs> but <laughs> but okay, I'm you. Weird. I'm gonna. You know what? I can't even say that. I have not tried it. So I cannot have an opinion on it. That's probably the problem in our world right now is most people have an opinion on things they do not know about. So I'm going to take that back and say, that's not weird. That's just um, unknown to me. So I'm going I'm to give that a red hot crack this week and I will come back to you and update you Let on me know. the mix. <laughs> so 
Jana, when we get into this, what I'm going to do is we do a thing called rapid fire. And it's for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better, a little bit faster. So I'm going to fire five questions at you. And it's just whatever the first thought that comes into your head is. So are you ready for the first one? Right. Shoot me. <laughs> every, every guest has that because we don't tell them until we're getting on. Um, and then they have this little panic attack. It's brilliant. It's actually my yeah, favorite. I'm having a panic attack right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love dropping this news every time. Okay, first one for you. Describe yourself in just three words. Oh, just three words. I would say an explorer, independent, active. Oh, I love those. Beautiful. What's the best compliment that you've been given? Best compliment. Right. I don't know if this is a compliment, but recently I, someone told me that I inspire her. She didn't say how, but she just told me, um, Jana, thank you for inspiring me. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. I don't know if there's anything that beats that. Right. Like, <laughs> and you never, that's the thing, right? You never know who's watching you and why they're watching you. I mean, I'm one of those people. So I'm a silent stalker on socials. So a lot of um, people who have got following, they probably don't like my type because I love their stuff, but I Mm -hmm. stalk. Like I don't necessarily like and comment and engage in everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you never know. You're probably inspiring people like me who just watch you. Um, What is the best piece of advice that you've been given? someone gave me yeah all right uh okay so my mentor told me this was just this year um she told me that you should allow yourself to suck at something because every master was once a disaster and it's me a lot because i recently was trying new things and i have this tendency to not or to stop doing it if i didn't get it the right uh the right way on the first try and then she said no 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 um it's okay allow yourself to become a beginner because if you want to master something i mean every master now was once you know a beginner and yeah i think that's the best advice i did recently it's amazing advice. And it's so, especially as an adult, because as, as we, when we're kids, it's like, we don't even know that we suck, Nelly, because we're just learning, right? We're learning everything new. Exactly. But it is, like, we have to ask ourselves, are we brave enough to suck for long enough to get good, to have the potential yeah. to be great? That's my part. Yeah, absolutely. That's I love part. that. I love that. Now, if life is a game, what's the number one rule? <sighs> That's a good one. Wait, think. Number one row. Oh, um, I think that would be be your authentic self because everyone else is just already taken. I love that. Really beautiful. And last one for you. What is something that you're reading or you're listening to at the moment that you're really loving? Oh, I recently just started reading a book called Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. I had this that book for, for quite a while now, but uh, I prioritize reading other books, you know, there's just so many books, but too little time. So yeah, I just started uh, reading that book and 
basically the principle behind everything is figure outable is everything is really figure outable. I mean, if even if it's I mean, if you are just starting a project or maybe you're trying to launch a book or a podcast, um, you can figure it out. So yeah. that's the idea behind it. It's a really cool mindset to have. I love that. I mean, we have Google for goodness sakes. Like the generations before us never did. Yeah. It's it's like if you need to start somewhere, just start there, right? You might not end there, but it is a good good starting point. I love that. Right. Okay, let's um let's get into it. I'd love for you. Can you share with us a little bit more about just you and your journey? Like I know you you were born, you grew up in the Philippines, you've made your way to Singapore. It's like at a really young age, you decided wealth and money was something that was a, a purpose for you, but then teaching it to other young individuals came up. So just give us an idea of, I guess, that journey and how those pivotal moments came about for you. Okay, so... I was born and raised in the Philippines, and I grew up in a low-income household. Both of my parents, they weren't able to finish their education. And in our household, money has always been the source of stress. So my, my parents would always fight because of it. So partly the reason why was they have different ways of handling money. And I believe that we all have this experiences from our early childhood that kind of shape our beliefs and relationship with money. Mine was through observing my parents. So they are totally different <laughs> when it comes to money. So my, my, my father, he was frugal and he was a saver. I remember he has this safe box in our house that he keeps somewhere and he every month he will keep a portion of his paycheck a hard cash and he will just set it aside and um, we would only use that in case of an emergency so back then i get sick easily and we would use that cash to pay for the clinic so that's my first money lesson always save for the rainy day my mom on the other hand was a spender so she's but she's also a generous person, but whatever money she has in the pocket, she would find a way to spend it or use it to lend to our neighbors, to our relatives, sometimes at the expense of our own household budget. And that that was the cause of the fight between her and my father. But what I like about my mom was her resourcefulness. So she would always find ways to earn an income, you know, from opening a small store, to selling a home-cooked meal, she would just, you know, find ways to earn her own money. Um, she would do that because she she just doesn't want to depend on my father or to anyone. And her mantra, I remember, she would always say, it's always good to have your own money. It's always good to have your own money. <laughs> and only when I became an adult, I realized that I adopted that kind of mindset from her so that affects my beliefs around money at a very young age it's so cool um and it's such an important point that you've made there because I think until someone says that to us especially like yourself like this is your profession this is you know what you do but until someone says that that hey some beliefs um that you've adopted inherited from your friends from your environment right? Just naturally, that's what's happening when we're growing up. That's playing out in your adult life. 
And so often we can be thinking, why am I stuck? Why can't I move past this amount of income? Why do I keep spending everything I earn? Why do I deep down think rich people are assholes? Whatever it might be, these these beliefs, which by the way are made up because everything is made up, but we just, we choose to believe what's true. And until someone like you comes to us and says, hey, you're kind of, you're operating from this old system and you're wanting these new results. But until we go back and change the old system, we can't produce the new results. And I love that you are so clear. And I think that's a cool thing. If you're listening in, think about maybe your mom, your dad, um, adults in your environment when you were young. What did you take from them? Like, what did you adopt? And I just want to do another shout out to your mom. I swear every guest we bring on, we're shouting out their mom because I love that she taught you resourcefulness and that she taught you, hey, always create and have your own money. What a cool lesson as a young woman to learn. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I adopted my father's frugality. So I didn't, I don't have much, you know, um, spending, bad spending habits, thanks to my dad for showing me that, okay, you should save whatever uh, part of what you're earning. And um, yeah, my sense of independence or wanting to become independent was from my mom. So it's kind of um, a combination from both of them. And they didn't directly taught me that. It's just, you know, the way I observe from them. Well, it's through the actions, right? It's through, like, we can say so many things, we can preach it, we can post it, and this goes for anything in life. But unless we're acting it out, and I guess as kids, that's what we do is, you know, gosh, that's when we're absorbing freaks. <laughs> we take on everything, everything, yes. and we and we take it on in our way. And it's like, however I see it and then create the story around it is what it becomes. So I love that. And then that's obviously a big part that kind of took you down the money path. What made you realize that passing on knowledge, like becoming a wealth manager, but really passing on the knowledge to young people was important to you? Okay. So interesting question. So there was this specific night in my teenage life that I would never forget because that is the reason why I'm in pursuit of financial independence for myself as well. So one night, my father came home just like the normal night. Um, everything yeah, yeah, seems normal except that he started drinking. Now, my father, he drinks alcohol but only on weekends. So something's not quite right on that night. And when he, I think when he gathered enough alcohol strength, <laughs> he told us the bad news. So he said that he got laid off from his job that he's been doing for decades, like just suddenly. So he was he was quite emotional at that time, and um, you know I think for me one of the worst thing is seeing my parents being you know in pain or emotional, and they were so worried about it because I was about to enter college, and two of my siblings are also studying, so we needed the money the most. But he told me one thing that greatly impacts my decision in life moving forward so he said to me that you know i realized if you want to get ahead in life you cannot just stay being an employee i mean look at me what happened to me i work and work and work and just like that i got laid off he said that and i was 16 years old (laughs) 
And I didn't have the notion of financial independence that time. It wasn't in my vocabulary. But one thing was for sure. That night, I decided that I want to become rich. I just said, I want to become rich in my mind. Because I didn't want to be at the mercy of someone's decision on whether I am worth keeping for the job or not because I'm old. So that decision is what led me to take a major in finance, hoping that I would learn more about money and business. But I didn't. <laughs> in fact, I had this I had, I had this aha moment when I was watching a TV show. It's called On The Money. So back then, YouTube wasn't really a thing. That time, um, so that time, On The Money was a show where I learned where, more about personal finance, you know, budgeting, mutual funds, the importance of having an insurance. And I was like watching and I was like, they should be teaching us this in school. But they didn't. So that gave me a vision that someday I want to be able to teach people to become financially literate. Although I didn't know how it would materialize at the time, but it was like, you know, there's a seed planted in me. So fast forward, I graduated in college and then I landed my dream company. Um, so I was doing a finance-related job. The pay was above average uh, for, for an entry level. The, the benefit was good. That's when I started you know, investing my own money. But there was a little voice inside me, inside my head, saying, nope, this is not it. This is not it. You're not supposed to be here. I was like, I was confused because I prayed for this one. I was newly grad, you know, and but it only took me a few months to realize that I don't even want an office job. I don't want a nine to five job. I don't want to sit in front of desk the whole day. So long story short, <laughs> I found an opportunity here in Singapore to become a financial consultant. So I took all the exams required to have a license, and that was eight years ago. I am now a personal wealth manager. You know, I'm, I'm promoting financial literacy not only to my clients, but through creating contents now through podcasts. So that's how I, <laughs> how I landed this, um, this job, this career. It's, it's really, um, it's awesome to look at those times in our life, which can be some of the most painful. But, you know, I always say like when life is hitting us, when we've got that wall, when we've got that pain, it's obviously teaching us and it's also guiding us um, to something. And it's just really cool that you had those moments and those learnings of, hey, it is so important to be in charge of my finances from age 16, as in, and there's nothing wrong with being an employee, but you can be an employee and today start a side business doing so many things. Because being in that position where you're vulnerable and disposable, simply because, and it doesn't mean disposable because the boss doesn't like you, it could, but it could be the business doesn't get through the next 10 years. I mean, 50% of small businesses don't survive by year five, 50%. So it's, you know, you are in that vulnerable position to go, hey, they've only got to make a choice, make a wrong move, make a different decision, go down a different path. 
and whatever they decide to do affects my position here. And, and that's not nice either. Like it's not a, a nice feeling to have. So I love that you just, you really learned that at a young age. And I think women, you know, listening in, whether you're in a job, whether you have your own business, it's about taking a seat at your own table when it comes to your money. And going no matter where I am, whether I'm in a job or I have a business or I want to start a business, you can be in charge of it. But it's being responsible and going, well, I need to learn about it. I need, I need to learn the money basics, the money fundamentals. And you're so right. I worked in, um, I guess, business coaching for nearly five years. And it was in that company that I learned the things, the same as you, that were never taught in school. Never, ever, ever. And it's like, this is the stuff that people need to know, but it's not out there. And I don't know why. Um, can we talk about, I, I know when you went to Singapore and then you um, you landed your job, but I want to yeah. talk about what it took because we have, we have some similar experiences in the sense of, <clears throat> yeah. you know, like a hustle mode, like we're hitting the pavement, we're knocking on doors. I know you were <laughs> in those roles as well. And maybe this comes back to what you said at the start, Jana, as, as like, you know, be prepared to suck at something. Yeah. Be yeah. To learn something, be prepared to get yeah. outside of your comfort zone. Can you tell us about like the start of that and just some learnings and things to pass on to women who were going, they maybe have to try something that they haven't tried yet. Cause we, we have to do something different to get something different. Right. So tell us about that. Right. Oh, okay. so my first, uh, my first year here in Singapore, it was a walk in the park, except that it was Jurassic park. <laughs> So it wasn't easy. I came here and the only person I know was my then boyfriend, now my partner. And I didn't have a network that I can tap on to offer my financial services. So I did a lot of cold calling, random numbers, no other details. Um, I went to train stations to give my business card to random people. And I went door to door, knocking on strangers' house to offer financial products. And, you know, I was just hustling. And it's funny because I said, I don't want a nine to five office job, but I end up working way more <laughs> than that. But I figured it would be easy for me to achieve financial independence if I get paid for results, not for the hours I put into work. So since, since our time is very limited, right? And then I came to a point where I didn't know what else to do. I don't know what to do anymore. So I look around and ask for help. I invited some of the veterans in, in the industry over, over coffee and asked them simple questions. How are you doing your financial advice, advisor business? And strangely, I received this advice to start my day positively, start my day on a positive note. And I was like, how, how, what, how is it related to, you know, to what, what we're doing? So, but since I was new, I was like, okay, all right, I will, I will apply that. It was simple yet so powerful because little did I know it was the beginning of my self-development journey and it was another story, but you know, it wasn't easy for sure. My first few years in here in Singapore, but I came here for a reason. And at the same time, I'm committed to achieving my goals for myself. So I'm willing to put in the work at that time. Mm. You know what, when I listen to you, I feel like what you were so clear on what you wanted to do and where you didn't want to be. 
And I think making that, like creating that clarity for ourselves is sometimes the first step. What do you not want? What does not work for you as a person? And we're all, we're all so different. So for you, it was like restriction came up when you were thinking of nine to five, like sitting in front of a computer all day. That was not where you were meant to be. So you kind of worked out, hey, I don't want to play in this space. I want to play in this space. But until we have clarity, it's kind of like we don't have this. That's our engine of inspiration. That's when it's like when it's hustle mode or when it's difficult times. Knowing that stuff is what makes it easier to get through. It doesn't mean easy, but easier to get through as well. Um, I love that distinction that you just made. I think write that down, ladies, is that you need to work out, are you brave enough to go, I want to get paid on a result or I want to get paid for my time put in? And that's where, let's go into that, just some um, things that principles around money that you learned in the real world, not in life, because I think that's one of them right is so what are some things like when you think of women who are listening in right now and you know maybe it's busting some myths around what you know money and managing it or new perspective around it can you share some things that are common okay um some women who are listening to this may think that you know they can just leave their finances their financial details to their spouses or other family members and in fact i met some women who let their sister or their mom handle their money because they are so afraid of it <laughs> they're afraid that they might just you know spend everything but let me share some statistics that might convince you to take charge of your finances so i was reading this article and according to the social security administration the average life expectancy for women is 81 years compared to 73 years for men so that's more than five years difference and um, census information tells us that average age of widowhood is 55 years old and women are more likely than men to be single parents so what does this statistics mean so since we women tend to live longer than men it means that we are more vulnerable to risk of outliving our savings and resources and not only that we can also put ourselves in a dangerous position because there were stories of women who you know they are staying in um in an abusive relationship just because they are relying on their partner for survival so that wasn't a good place to be and another story i met this woman years ago back then she was just in her 40s But sadly, her partner passed away. It was so sudden and she then found out that all of her partner's assets, meaning retirement fund savings, was all under their son's name and nothing was on her name. And her son was below 18 years old, so it means they cannot even access the fund right away. So she was grieving and at the same time worrying about their finances and then she was forced to find a job and start working again, which wasn't easy for her. Again, women should be financially independent because if not, it will put us in a situation where we're so vulnerable and sometimes it could be in a dangerous position. So I think that's enough reason for us to consider, you know, taking charge of our own finances, to start taking charge of our own money. And when it comes to, 
I think there's a lot of like excuses or reasons that blocks women uh, from handling their own finances. And I think mindset plays an important part in our money ma- management skills, not only for women, but actually for everyone. And the main thing that's blocking women to take charge of their finances is I'm not good with money. I'm not good with numbers. So I will, I will just let other people do that. But remember, there was this period in our life that we didn't know how to walk. But now we can walk because we practice. Same thing with money, right? No one was born knowing how to budget. No one was born knowing how to invest. And just like any other skills in life, you will get better with practice. So adopting a growth mindset is really important and saying things like, okay, I might not be good with money yet, but I will get better as long as I practice. So besides, we all start from somewhere, right? So there's no shame in it. It's so important that you said that because um, I think it is like sometimes there is that embarrassment around it or will I be good at it? What if I screw it up? And you know what? If You're not special for feeling that way because you're human for feeling that way. But what's going to make you special is taking on those feelings. And as you said, adopt that growth mindset. I love that step. First commit to a growth mindset. Then commit to understanding that we are human beings and we're capable to learn anything. So then if we truly believe that, then this is a skill that we can learn as women. And I just, as I was listening to you, I just, I think about the women in those situations that you said. And you know what, touch wood, touch wood to every woman listening in on here. But given the statistics, some women listening in, I don't know who it will be. It could be me, it could be you, it could be someone listening in. Something's going to happen. And as we said, like life is going to hit and whether it is a divorce, whether it is a death, whether it is a business breakdown, whether it is, um, I don't know, life comes at us in different stages. Uh, But we always talk about every woman should be in the space financially. So there's three kind of levels. First, get breathing. And that means have a 100K runway. So if life hits, you can grieve if you need, right? You can just, you can sit and you can work out your next move. Every woman has that right. You have that right if you're listening in to be in that position, to just sit, breathe and not respond from stress and, you know, grieving and, you know, fear. Because whenever we make decisions and do actions from that place, they're never the right ones for us. So, we, you know, I, I want women to, to really take on your advice and go, you know what, I'm committing to be in a position where if anything came at me in life, I can breathe. If I need to get myself out of a relationship, mm-hmm. I can get out of that relationship. So many women are stuck in relationships that are not good. We know that. And money is keeping them stuck. Um, so I love that. I love that you just said that as well, because I just think it's so important Uh and maybe if you're listening, just sit, just sit and think. If something happened, if you lost lost your job, if you lost someone, do you know where the money is? Do you know how to access it? Do you know how it works? Are you creating your own income as well? And I'm not saying that you have to, but I'm saying let's just think about these things and ask yourself, is that a space that you want to, want to move towards? Um, because there is a lot of outdated beliefs as well around money for women, right? 
Right, right. In fact, there are lists of myths around women and money. And the two most common myths are, number one, women are overspenders. And number two, women are not good investors. And I think it has a lot to do with how media portrayed women and money. So if you look around, for example, majority of advertising is leading us to believe that women spend all their money on clothes and shoes. And we have this bad reputation when it comes to money. So, and but a recent a recent analysis of government government data by Smart Asset shows that all women spend more than money on than money on apparel. Men spend more on things like alcohols and cars. So the idea that women are overspenders are you know it's just it's just a myth. Because both men and women are actually tend to overspend as well. <laughs> Number two, women are not good investors. So it's true that um, women in general are risk averse than men, but that doesn't mean that we are not good investors. In fact, there's there was this survey done by Fidelity Investments showing that female investors tend to outperform male investors. And here's why. Women tend to buy and hold, which reduces the trading cost and can lead to higher returns. Compared to men, they tend to over they tend to overconfident, result resulting to more trading and which cost more trading fees. So these two are just myths. It sound it sound harmless, but it actually affects women's confidence to take charge of their finances, because. When these informations are always being thrown around, we tend to believe that, and it affects how we behave as well. Mm. Go the ladies. That's all I'll say. Go the ladies. There is proof out there. And you know what? I think that that's super cool because I listen to someone like you, and it, it really, I get hope from you, and I get excitement, and I get inspired, and I get trust as well because there are women out there like you like mentors that I have women in women wine and wealth that it's like you know what no we do have our shit together have learned the skills you know are so willing to give the information and give the path and give that guidance and we will always find what we look for so if you read that information you know which is probably made up bs from the media because most of it is anyway but if you choose to read it and choose to believe it, that's your choice. Exactly. So if your choices right now are not giving you the result that you want in your life, maybe we need to choose to believe different things. So go and find people like you, like Jana. Go and find the Janas in the world. You know, go spend your, come into Women, Wine and Wealth. This is what we do. These are the conversations that we have. Stop ignoring the the information and the stats and the proof that could actually help you because it's totally there. Um, on that note, I'd love to know what, what do you suggest for women listening in for some starting points? Like what should we have in place? Where should we look for the right information or what are the first steps to getting our finances handled? First step. Okay. So after years of, working in financial industry where most of my clients are women, I came to realize that, you know, acquisition of money management skills was the easy part. There are tons of information on how to budget and how to start investing. But if you don't have a vision for yourself, 
You won't even care looking where you spend your money. You won't even care about all this from be, from the beginning. So for the la- for the ladies listening to this, you are listening to this podcast for a reason. And I believe it's not a co- it coincidence that you found this podcast. So what I want you to do is to take some time to sit down and have that hard conversation with yourself and ask yourself, what do I want out of this life? This short life that has given to me, not what other people's want, but what do you want? And, and if you are currently living from paycheck to paycheck because you keep avoiding your money, ask yourself, is this how I want to live my life? So first step, create that vision for yourself. Create a vision for your retirement life. Um, if, this is, if this is your first time doing it, it, it will be uncomfortable. And if you find that this question is a little you know, hard to answer, start by asking, okay, what do I value? What are my values? Because, because for me, I value freedom and independence a lot. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to experience the fullness of life. And I don't want to get at the end of my life realizing, oh shoot, it's not the life that I want. It's other people's. And of course, it will, di- it will be different uh, for other women because we value different things. But once you create that vision for yourself, you will realize most, most often than not, you will be needing money to fund that dream, to fund that vision. But you can figure out the how once you are clear on the why. So yeah, go figure out that vision. That first that. step is huge, but it's very important. It's super important. I think often maybe we try and skip it, you know, because it's actually, and this is something we speak about a lot, it's not necessarily easy. You know, it can be hard to sit with yourself in silence, unplugged from other people's opinions and notifications and wants and needs, and ask yourself, who am I? What makes me angry? What excites me? What brings me joy? What are the memories that when I come to the end of my life, I want to have created? What, who do I want to give to? Who do I want to be present with? Like these are things that you need to sit and ask yourself based on what you value and what you want. And as you said, money funds that. Money funds the dream, money funds the idea, money funds the memory, money funds the experience. So give it purpose. Otherwise it'll probably just run away from you. Um, and it's such an important first step. So I feel like that's, we can just end on that. And that's such a beautiful place to start. And no, ladies, when you do do that work, you might feel the friction. You might feel like the voices come up and it's like, oh, I don't really know if this is right or wrong. Take out right or wrong, practice it. And you know what? You're going to evolve as well. We evolve as humans. So give yourself permission to have a vision in progress um, and make it a practice make it a practice to do those steps that Jana just said. So um, Jana, you are simply awesome. I love your podcast. I love everything that you're about and you communicate in such a simple way for us to be able to, you know, take on tangible steps, which I think is really important. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a guest and thank you for um, everything that you're doing for others as well. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I think it's amazing.
Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on. And ladies, we'll see you. Actually, no, before we go, the ladies do need to stalk you. I am going to put, you know, all of your contacts in the show notes, but just let us know the best place to be finding you and connecting with you. You know, I'm a true blooded millennial, so you can find me anywhere. Just type yes. in my name, Janilid Zakdat. <laughs> I'm everywhere, even on TikTok. <laughs> but I'm more active on Instagram. So yeah, and of course, my podcast, it's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's called In Pursuit. Amazing. We'll be tuning in. Thanks so much, Jana. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with others. Until next time, drink the wine, have a laugh, learn the thing, do the thing, and be the woman you know you are. Make sure to stay connected and let's keep the conversations going. Cheers.